Hello, everybody. My name's Alexandra. I'm Angelica. And I'm Amy. Welcome to the Percaffeinators podcast. Where we talk about interesting topics over coffee. Yes, so why don't you sit back, relax, grab your own cup of joe, and listen to some things that we find interesting. Today's topic is true crime. And why we find it interesting. What is it exactly? So, true crime is a genre that's become really popular over this past decade, or it's become highlighted as a popular genre over the past decade. And true crime can be anything from what's shown on the ID channel, unsolved murders, uh, serial killers, Ted Bundy, uh, looking at cults, or looking at mysterious happenings in the area, like alien abductions. Oh, wow. Alien? I didn't know aliens were involved with true crime. If it's considered true crime. So, for example, there's a show on Netflix that I really love. It got me into true crime called Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, people come forward and they discuss mysteries that have happened to them or things that have happened to them. One I'll never forget is someone spontaneously combusted. (gasps) Awesome. I mean, oh, no. (laughs) Like, exploded? Yeah, they caught on fire. So there was a whole episode about people who caught fire with no explanation. So they went into the science of how this could happen, and at the end of each episode, which is why I really love Unsolved Mysteries, they ask you if you have any information about what's happened Mm -hmm. to reach out to them on, on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, the one that's like, if you've seen this man in your area... Sometimes it would happen in, like, Key West or somewhere in Florida. And I'm, I was, like, 14. And I was like, I think I've seen him at Walmart. I don't know. I yeah. have an unresolved mystery or a real crime that I experienced when I was, like, eight. Okay. I was, we were, we lived in North Miami. And there was a street that was being widened. And uh-huh. they, they broke into the streets. And they found in a tin can a lady's head. <gasps> oh, wow. That was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal in the neighborhood. Not really. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long it had been there because it had been buried under, you oh know. Oh my gosh. So it, yeah. Was it, it, was it like preserved? Was no, the head no. or was it completely yeah. like bones now? Bones with long hair, I remember because we saw it. <gasps> And uh, I hated it. I, I don't think I slept for probably a very, very long time. And when we, even after they made the street wider that we would go buy it, mm. I would have to cover my eyes. Oh, wow. Because I was just so freaked out over it. So I guess that That's would be creepy. a true crime, right? Yeah. You never know what you're going to find until you break ground. Yeah. And the lady's head goes, you don't go digging for trouble. Oh, <laughs> oh that was a good one. <laughs> so obviously, it's a gruesome topic most mm-hmm. of the time because we're dealing with serial killers. We're dealing with murderers that stick in our mind. Yeah. So why do you guys think that true crime is so popular? Why would someone like it? Well, you know, it's funny. It's like the rubberneckers that they describe when you yeah uh, when you're driving right and an I, accident happens yeah and they so slow you, down right you always it's it's like I don't want to look but I have to look uh-huh. kind of thing yeah but the with true crimes it's a mystery who doesn't like a good mystery it's like stories around a fire a, a campfire you know so mm-hmm. I think those are I think it's like kind of human nature it's like kind of scary but 
true, except when it gets too close to home, then it gets, like, really Mm -hmm. freaky. So, BBC America uh, notes that true crime is probably really popular because it talks to the things that we evolved to want to know. So, if there's something going on, like rape, murder, uh, stealing, any crimes that are happening to our species we want to know and we want to spread word about it so that we can either protect ourselves or we could uh, be aware of what's happening in our village hmm. that's interesting i don't that's know about cool. that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i Part- think it's just plain gossip and curiosity <laughs> yeah, right okay so when i i really enjoy watching this one girl on YouTube named Bailey Sarian. Mm-hmm. And every single Monday is Murder Mystery and Makeup Monday. Oh, yeah. So she does her makeup and she talks true crime and mysteries of the occult and like right. all this stuff while she does her makeup. And she doesn't have any background music. And in all honesty, it feels like, you know, your friend is gossiping with you and uh-huh. telling you because it's the way that she presents yeah. it. Right. So she's like, oh my God, and get this. He had this giant axe that he used to rip apart the bodies. And I just think that's ridiculous. Like, you know. <laughs> and I've watched that. You've shown it to me and I love it. And mm-hmm. it, exactly because of that, because it's so conversational. Right. Like someone's gossiping mm-hmm. about something that's happened in your neighborhood or in your group of friends. Mm-hmm. But one of your group of friends was murdered right but it uh, that's how it feels like for me too like it's that i would say like chismosa like i I gotta know man i gotta know what's going on it's like halloween you know we all are scared but we go into that haunted house it's that yeah kind of feeling that i don't know there's just a piece of who we are as humans that are attracted to that high Mm -hmm. of being afraid i feel like it's similar to the you know how they say love and hate have very mm-hmm. similar bodily functions. Mm-hmm. You know, you get hot, you sweat, and your heartbeat rate True. starts to race. Yeah, I point. feel like it's the same feeling when you're thinking of, like, why do I have to watch every episode of Law & Order SVU? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it, yes. Because yes. you're, like, my heart beats real fast yeah. when I'm like, but that's yeah. the murderer and i uh why do i love prodigal son because i'm listening to a serial killer help solve murders yeah and it's like but how endearing they make him and how humanistic they make him because as a person you know you hear about a serial killer and you go oh my god they're an awful an awful person blah 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 whatever and then this guy is like helping his family out like it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and that's what people ridicule true crime lovers about uh, about why are you watching this are you glorifying the crime that's been committed Mm -hmm. and what tends to happen is that especially white women are the ones who are the victims so they become these cult characters that people latch on to and by latching on to these uh people these victims we're uh, ignoring a whole other slew of people who were victims, whether they be uh, minority victims, whether they be different sexual orientation or whichever. Mm-hmm. But we latch on to these, you know, innocent women who have died uh, with no reason to have died. And it kind of adds into that um, the way that New York Times described it was like when we're kids 
we liked listening to stories like Hansel and Gretel. And yeah. it's about these two kids. They didn't do anything, but they wandered into the woods and they had to confront this evil witch. And who wanted to kidnap them, boil them, and eat them. Exactly. And it's dark. But we like that they got out alive and mm-hmm. they survived yeah. the witch. And that's kind of what we look for in true crime. We want to see there's a, a result. story. Yeah. There's a solution. And I feel like that's, uh, there's another podcast called My Favorite Murder. Yes. And one of the awesome things that they constantly say is that they tell these stories so that women out there can be aware of the world around them yeah you know that it's not so innocent and that they have to be careful and their slogan is stay sexy and don't get murdered mm-hmm. you know so they that's one of their key reasons for telling a lot of these stories is because they want to make people aware that if you're in the middle of the woods don't <laughs> don't be there and the thing is is My favorite murder is so important because a study in 2010, a study in 2010 by the University of Illinois talked about how women are actually the ones who consume true crime the most, as opposed to war stories or other stories about violence, like gang stories or mafia, whereas men don't, and they're more attracted to war and gang stories. Uh, I feel like I feel like that reason and that reason alone is because those are our biggest fears. Yeah. And a lot of times, like when I listen to my favorite murder, you hear at the end, like he got arrested and spent mm-hmm. ten years in jail, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and even they're like, yeah. <laughs> and you feel that that relief, or they tell the stories of the woman who got away. Mm-hmm. Like there was one who had gotten shot in the head and was alive and she called the police and survived and it was like what Mm, that's crazy right well it's funny because i have a client that and uh, several female clients that i've heard this from their husbands Mm -hmm. that they are very concerned because their wives love true crimes Uh and they're thinking the husbands are going like what is she planning my murder (laughs) you know that kind of thing and her, her their response the female's response is always like no i want to know what the evil person yeah is thinking you know right. so i want to know what the serial killer is thinking i want to be a step ahead so i can avoid it so now it's interesting because when she has conversations with them she's thinking like the serial killer so <laughs> yeah. that's like worrying him that's uh, I, I i think it's important because we as females are fixers Mm-hmm. So I think that what we when we see these uh, mm-hmm. shows, we're thinking, well, what can I learn right. to prevent it from happening to me or yeah. my kids? So the only way to do that is know your enemy, knowing the bad person who's creating these crimes you know it's so So. true like the serial killers even Hannibal Lecter to an extent Mm -hmm. it's like you're getting to the head of a serial killer what would they be thinking so that you can avoid in the future which is why I think like Sandra you were saying my favorite murder Mm -hmm. is so important because not only that and it talks to our anxieties like we're constantly in fear with everything that goes on in the world about what could happen to right. us and we're it's kind of instilled in us like as kids you would tell us hey be careful don't go stranger danger exactly and <laughs> with uh stay sexy and don't get murdered by a 
Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark from mm. My Favorite Murder, mm. they give you tips on what to do right. to avoid certain things it's based awesome. on their experience. And that's how we learn, right? Like oral uh, oral communication or oral storytelling was like someone in your group storytelling exactly that's incredibly powerful yeah and you learn from everyone's experiences so an example of one podcast one true crime outlet that really helps me is the the cults podcast by parcast and in that series they go through a bunch of cults and the history how they got formed and they talk about who was involved who were essentially the victims the people who became members of this cult and Mm. it's important because like if we look at something like charles manson right the charles manson gathered all these people together by having um people feed into this idealistic image of what the world should be but then it's kind of like but the world is collapsing and you're a missionary sent out to save the world only we can save the world which is like feeding into this hero syndrome right we we Mm. want to be heroes we want to do something and contribute to the greater good and cults feed into these desires that we have as human beings and also the desire to connect with people and to connect with the larger community right so i think it's helpful to listen to things like that so once you're approached because you know it happens all the time there are people i just found out uh i had an experience in college that i had no idea was a uh, an experience where someone approached me with a book and they're like here's a free book and i was like oh thanks and then they talked to me for a minute about like the background of the book and i i needed to go to class so i was like okay bye (laughs) i didn't know it was going to take this long you just bumped into me and Later, I found um, an article, or I was reading a, a, a book, I think, that had, like, this is one of the ways that they, re- they recruit people for um, their group. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. But we wouldn't know if we didn't hear your stories like this. Yeah. All right, it teaches us. The interesting thing is when you read about cults and anybody who is easily swayed, one mm-hmm. key component is the fact that they're vulnerable mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. Whether like they see you and your prey because mm-hmm. you're young and you're easy to sway over right. to their side. You see a lot of people who try to... Uh, recruit these individuals young adults because they're either hate their parents so that's Mm -hmm. one tool that they use it's uh oh well i totally understand because your parent doesn't understand you and this is how you recruit right those kind of kids and and that was charles manson too the people he recruited were kids that were either runaways or Mm -hmm. were abused or were unhappy or were in foster homes so when you take a look at it of course these people are looking for a safe haven right and and no matter how weird certain things may be they always get the oh we care about you we're all in this together right Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that we learn about you know cults Mm -hmm. uh ted bundy was never aggressive right uh one you know one of his key issues my undergrad professor was one of the therapists that visited ted bundy yeah, in the you told jail. Us. and one of the things that he would say is that he was the nicest guy ever 
And when you take a look at what he did with the ladies, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you you have a flat tire, let me help you. Right. That was one of his victims. Mm-hmm. Or, But it was always something nice. And he was not anything that you would think is stranger danger because he was attractive. Mm-hmm. He was intelligent. Mm-hmm. He was, he spoke eloquently. Mm-hmm. Well, there was check, a, check, check. You know, you, oh, right. this is a guy I would date. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what he finally got caught because his car broke down, or he got like a speeding ticket or something like that. And they found they had been looking for him. And they had and the, he had in evidence. The car. Yeah, yeah, he had evidence in his car, and they're like, "Thank God." <laughs> and what happens to these individuals is that they become so narcissistic mm-hmm. that they start having flaws and they start getting sloppy, which you probably hear a lot in your... Yeah, no. I, I'm a true crime junkie for sure. And I have been for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what did you say a concern about me was? What do you mean? Growing up watching so much true crime. That you were a sociopath? Exactly. <laughs> Let's all take a moment to realize that Angelica would watch these things nonstop at a young age. We're not talking about, you know, she's experienced a little bit of life and she's like, I wonder what it would have been like if I became a police officer. No, this is like a, uh, she was 12 and her eyes were glued yeah. to the ID channel. It was a look. <laughs> look of like intrigue that scared me. Her eyes me. got huge. It was interesting. It was interesting stuff. Well, I mean, and parents out there, you have to understand either your kid's going to be a serial killer or he's going to be a profiler or he's going to be a forensic psychologist. Angelica's none of those, <laughs> uh, which she is, is a writer, and that is why she it, it find, she finds such in, interesting uh, ways that these people think, so it gives her material, so <laughs> uh, little did I know back then yeah. that that's what she was uh, grooming herself to be. Exactly right. what I was, I was just doing. scared exactly. and worried and uh, paranoid, that's yeah. all. <laughs> and you know, it's not always the serial killers that are men some of the women have really really honed their technique yeah because there was a gosh was it the 18 early 1900s or late 1800s there was a woman who had owned this giant plot of farm you know she had Hmm. she had a couple kids i think like four or five kids and she had a nanny for those kids and she would um her husband had passed away and she would put in the newspaper which a lot of people did back then looking for husband looking Mm -hmm. for marriage partner and she would say has money has large plot of land Mm -hmm. and she would get people who were looking for work and also looking for marriage and then they would you know she would marry these men sometimes these men would go missing and she would be a widow all over again Mm mm-hmm And eventually, one of these men, his brother, got curious because his brother would write him every two weeks. He would get a letter from his brother, and he didn't get a letter from his brother this week. Mm -hmm. And it's concerning because the family's very connected. You know, they always talk to each other. And he said, the last thing I heard was that he was going to be living here with this woman. And she, he went to the property, and he said, you know, do you know where my brother is? What's going on? And she was like, I haven't seen him. He disappeared on me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when he was asking another person, they said, oh, I've, I haven't really um, seen anyone come out of the farm. 
Hmm. No one's exited the farm in years. I only see people go in. And then there was a daughter who had disappeared. They had seen that the daughter had disappeared. And then Hmm. they had stopped seeing her kids. And then eventually they hadn't heard from her. And one of the men that worked on the farm had disappeared as well. And Mm -hmm. you find all over the property over 70 bodies. Oh, Oh, wow. And once she was, like, done with you... She was done with you. This is a female. Yeah. Serial So she was taking the men's money, whatever money they had left, taking their money, because now they're married, so it's hers after they die. Um, And then I guess something was happening, and she killed all of her kids, and she killed herself. Oh, wow. Um, And that was going on for years and years and years. So, and she was getting away. No one, absolutely no one knew. People found her odd mm -hmm. and bitter. Um, but no one actually knew. And then when the police was digging up bodies, they would find parts of bodies or full bodies. And they were like all over the property and under the house. That's insane. That's that, crazy. That's what, that's normal for women to do things slowly in progression, like bit by bit. And mm-hmm. especially it's common in care facilities. Mm-hmm. You hear stories about women taking people in, whether it be for bed and breakfast, for a hotel, as oh, nurses. as uh old angels of death yeah Mm -hmm. there's also like the toy box nursery or something like that i mean same thing they Mm -hmm. were taking children in and selling them to high-priced uh rich people and like just selling children off they weren't actually a proper orphanage and when you go in it was grotesque conditions and Mm -hmm. i mean it was awful there were children dying left and right because they were just they were making so much money off the orphanage oh my lord and usually these crimes are grotesque but people don't pin it on a woman because they can't or it was i believe the late 1800s women were just starting to be found as murderers and because before they weren't either accused or they weren't suspected of these murders because only a man can commit something so heinous so that, Not th- such a delicate flower such that as my movie that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was actually a female, or did I dream that up? Yeah, they've done a few flips, like uh, Jack the Ripper was actually a woman, oh, and that's yeah, how she was able to get so close to the women. Right. Which is, I think, I think I looked it up afterward, and that's actually one of the... Theories? Yeah, one of the theories. Uh, but what's cool about true crime, despite how grotesque it is, is that we learn from it based off of you know who would ever think that a woman would be able to do something like that which women can do anything of course but you know that's interesting even even murder well that's interesting because we all say women can do everything oh no no one a female couldn't exactly uh, that type of a crime because we're so compassionate Uh and what i as as i'm getting older and now i'm seeing a flip side to true crime and uh, new things are coming out and Netflix is doing an amazing job of this as well. HBO, Hulu. True crime is really a great resource for people to spread word about causes and to spread word about unsolved mysteries. Right. So for example, Unsolved Mysteries, that television show that I was into when I was a kid, it's back on Netflix and it's helping people again solve mysteries that have been unsolved for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. So are they new episodes or are they like reruns? 
new episodes. Oh, wow. That, that's fun. Because yeah. I bet the crimes have changed. Yeah, and there's a website that you can go on to to report if you've seen anything, to if you have any ideas or clues, to put it on there. Um, and there's more... There's more online forums as well where it's a larger community working together to solve a crime where yeah. sometimes you go to an area and there isn't either there's not enough attention on the crime because it's uh, some minority uh, group of people just, you know, whatever the minority is, or maybe the, uh, the area isn't doesn't have enough money or funds to fund the the search or it's been a cold case for so long people have given up on it Mm -hmm. and obviously there's so much that happens every day Mm -hmm. that it's impossible for some detectives to continue on the search and ignore others who are immediately can have their crime solved right okay so nancy grace actually is starting i i don't know if it's it's started airing yet but she is specifically doing unsolved cases that it does not make sense how they were not solved or she feels have not received the right amount of attention from the media or whatever. Yeah. um, So she's starting to do that and she's really putting it out there and telling everyone, you know, this is what's happening and this is what you should be paying attention to and, and this is how you should help. And even with the... Bailey Sarian videos. She has one whole one dedicated to this man who is, I mean, when you hear the story, is 100% falsely accused of the crime just because he is not fully mentally developed. There is absolutely no way he could commit this crime because it was, you know, he was known in the neighborhood. People knew him, and yes, he had problems with drugs prior. Uh, and gambling and that was it but he had never had any priors with violence Mm -hmm. he has a wife and kids Mm -hmm. no prior violence domestically and he knew the woman who was murdered Mm -hmm. and she was in the house with her cousin and a man knocked on the door with a little blood on his shirt and said can I please borrow your phone oh wow and she said uh, while her cousin was in the other room Oh, well, my husband's not home, so I can't uh, let anyone in. I don't feel comfortable. And he said that, oh, but I just need to borrow your phone. And she said, I'm sorry. It's just I don't want to. And he killed her. Oh, wow. Like right there in there? Yeah. he He had stabbed her, I believe it was. I don't believe it was gunshots. I believe it was a stabbing. And... She, her cousin was on the phone with 911 as was happening because she was not married. She was never married. And if you knew her, you would know that. And that he knew her. He, and he acted, whoever was, she heard through the wall, whoever her cousin heard through the wall, was saying that whoever killed her did not know her at all. And this man who was put oh. in jail knew her and he's on death row right now. Oh, wow. And, uh, what they're trying to do is call for, and I forget the term, but it's basically calling for a retrial because some of the police were corrupt in the neighborhood by the local people who had lived there for years or whatever. I don't know if it involves anything with gangs, but it was like they were paid off kind of thing, some of the officers, which there is very clear proof of that because people have gone into the interrogation, said one thing, had a conversation with an officer, and then said another thing on the stand. 
so they don't understand what's happening there yeah. and what corruption's going on. And they're asking the governor, you have to sign a petition um, and you you go on and you call for an appeal and for him to have a retrial, a proper retrial, because right now he's on death row for no reason. Wow. Was it a small town? Yeah, it's an old town. So yeah. it's a small old town, and they there was like this whole thing with with the drugs and and stealing things and whatever that they're saying was evidence. And the man who had sold the murderer drugs that day had said had changed his story after he talked to the police, and then said no, it was him, the mm-hmm. guy that now they have in jail. Well, and and that's so typical with small towns because they don't want to create havoc. Mm. And they don't want the community to be scared, so they jump at making an arrest. Mm. Uh, that's just, it just in large communities, they do it in larger scales. You know, like, we've got to arrest someone because someone's expecting someone to get arrested. Yeah. Especially when there's so, a murderer walking around mm-hmm. in a very small town. Yeah, and they so. were suspecting, like, the, apparently there's this very well-known family in the town and they're suspecting that it must be related to them because mm-hmm. they've seen them around Again, the courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, it's, it is typical. And, and it's scary because we learn to be paranoid. Yeah. And, but that's another reason that it's so important to have this resource, to have these resources, to have these shows and these conversations yeah and even though we find it entertaining it also serves a larger purpose like if these shows didn't come out we would have never known that people are falsely accused right exactly so then all these people would still be in jail whereas now there's a a lot of law act happening that are helping people who have been wrongly accused get out right like there's a guy the guy that's the host of uh the world's most dangerous prisons yeah. He was in jail for 14 years, tried for murder, falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, got out after 14 years, and now is a host of a TV show. Yeah. But it's like, And that's what tri- true crime does. It helps you see the people who've done it mm-hmm. and the people who haven't done it and how to watch out how to be aware of what's going on in this society where it's kind of like dark and mysterious on its own. Uh, It shines light to those scary bits. It helps you be, uh, think critically because you go, well, this is what they're telling me, but this isn't making sense because I saw this show Mm -hmm. and I know better and I've versed myself in understanding that there's more to that than meets the eye. And giving yourself other options than just black and white. Oh, it's this young man with a disability or an issue. Oh, it's him. Because Mm -hmm. obviously that just makes sense. No. Yeah. There's more than that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes. True crime is extremely interesting. Just like you, you beautiful listeners. You are so interesting to us. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Segway. But thank you people for listening. If you have any topics or any stories that you would find interesting to hear our opinion on or that you think should be talked about on the podcast, you can go to our website, www.theprocaffeinatorspodcast.com, or you can go to our Instagram, The Procaffeinators Podcast, and write a suggestion right in the direct message that's there. We hope that you have a beautiful and wonderful rest of the week. You should, now that you've had your cup of coffee. Now mm-hmm. that you've had your cup of coffee, you have to be ready. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you know yes. what I'm thinking? I'm thinking if you're having a conversation with someone 
and you're going, I wonder what other people think about this. Mm-hmm. Put it in our comments and, and have us talk about it on the air. Yeah, definitely. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us until the end of the podcast. My name's Alexandra. I'm Angelica. I'm Amy. We are the Percaffinators. Until next time, stay caffeinated. Bye. Bye.